Welcome to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom. And as always, we are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Okay. <laughs> we'll give him a yeah, so you're up. going to the gym. Uh, yes. This, this, is, this is Craig. This is Craig asking Cody, are you still going to the gym? And he said, yes. <laughs> I am. I am going to the gym. This is Cody. Uh, but I'm trying to get back to being more consistent about it because I used to, uh, pre-pandemic, I went four to six times a week. Yeah. yeah every week. <clears throat> and uh, during the pandemic, you know, at the initial, you know, when it was like, ah, We'll be away for, you know, a month or whatever. I did home stuff. We, Lisa and I, we rolled, we had mats, we, you know, yoga mats. We did a bunch of uh, at home body resistance exercises. Did that for a while, did a lot of walks. And then, well, the gym opened back up and we started to go in, but you know, it was like, ah, how safe do you be? Wear masks, all that kind of stuff. And then it tapered off and then got shut down again and then opened up and shut down and all that. Oh, really? It went back and forth. Yeah, it went back and forth. So I just got out of the habit and uh, now I'm trying to get back into a religious habit. Oh, we got a ding dong. <laughs> I got a ding dong. That's Is that what we call guests? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I you mean, mean the doorbell rang. The doorbell rang. Better go get the doorbell. <laughs> the doorbell rang. Kurt is not a ding dong, but. <laughs> hello, hello. He produced a ding dong when he showed up. There you go. <laughs> and and I, I not a ding dong like a hostess snack cake, but uh... that's exactly what I thought you were talking about. How's that work anyway? <laughs> Kurt, welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Hey, so Kurt, I you... <laughs> uh, need to warn you that we we record without editing, so anything that is said, it just gets stuck on here because we're too lazy to go back and do anything. So easy enough, easy enough. So watch it. Mind your P's and Q's, Kurt. I, uh, you know, I always have to try and keep keep out of trouble. So here we are. Yeah, <laughs> we, we're so not mind- police, but you know, there may be some out there. So, so Cody, you just said something. I think we need to go to the root of what's when that? You say minding your P's and Q's. What mm-hmm. does that? What's the history of that reference? I have no idea. That's a good point. I don't I, either. I don't. What I have I have two theories. Okay. Okay. So because I've got this disease that messes up my hands, this uh, okay. Duputrin's uh, contracture. Oh, yeah. When I'm typing, I can't always hit the Q or the P. They're in the same spot oh. on the keyboard. And so I, sometimes I, yeah, I, I noticed I had to mind my P's and Q's as well as my A and Z and L and the <laughs> well, that's the not... sign or whatever. But the other thing I was thinking of is in the lowercase, the P and a Q uh, on some fonts look the same, but just inverted. Yeah. So I'm wondering back in the Ooh. days of typesetting, when you had to set the blocks in place, you could uh... misplace a P or a Q. Ah, uh, okay. So those are two that... theories. You know, maybe there's more. I, I think theory two is pretty legit. I never would have thought of that. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, there's. It says that people, it's funny because we're talking about the origins. Do you know that an attempt to explain the origin of this phrase is dates back to the 1800s? Just to explain the phrase, there is that old. Okay. So wow. I don't know. What is that? How does that throw off your... Hmm. Anyway, when was when was was QWERTY involved? uh, uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Kurt, you just came from an interview. I did. I did. But happy to be here. Yeah, it's fun. I have a two or three today, I think. So it's kind of a fun, fun marathon for me. That's because today is one week to go. Are you nervous? 
I'm so nervous. So all kinds of feelings. I mean, you know, if I'm if I'm being spiritual, I'll be like, I don't get my identity out of a book, you know. But the <laughs> truth is, I'm nervous. Let's be honest, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, but I'm excited. I mean, I'm definitely excited. I mean, this is a weird a weird world where I can hold this and yeah. look at this as of a week ago. So, um, yeah, my mind's kind of blown to be honest with you and. Whew, yeah, so we're about a week out till other people start reading it, and uh, that should be that should be fun. I mean, honestly, the initial feedback has been um, positive, and and not that I need like an ego boost per se, but like you put a lot of heart and soul into something, you hope it helps people, you know? Like that's that's ultimately uh, what I hope happens. So um, yeah, yeah, it's coming out quick. That's cool. Yeah. So what we're talking about, just to catch everybody up. Our guest is Kurt Willems. He's a pastor. He's an author. He lives in Seattle area. I don't know. Is it Seattle proper or? Uh, yeah, I'm in Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And his yeah. uh, first, his debut book is coming out in one week. It's called Echoing Hope, the uh, how the humanity of Jesus redeems our pain. So, Kurt, first, before we start get, talking about your book, did you do you remember me interviewing you about 10 years ago? I do. I you totally do. Yes. do. Awesome. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And I'm trying to remember. It had a really unique title. It was like, uh, uh, "Who We Are." Is that it? Something like yes, that. Yes, be becoming who we are. That's yeah. Oh, no, I totally remember. Right. And that was like right when I I'd started getting noticed with blogging. I think, yep. and mm -hmm. people started asking, "Who is this guy?" He's talking about I don't know, probably Anabaptisty things back then. And yep. Um, yeah, no, I totally remember. So awesome. when I saw your name, I was like, oh, I know this guy right on. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and Craig, Craig, your name is thoroughly familiar to me. I, I assume we've crossed paths somewhere or so at least online. Most likely in the Anabaptist world. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I've been a Mennonite pastor for over 30 years. And I think there's some um, Facebook group that you're a part of that my that, wife is a part of, Carla. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I recognize that I, name too. Yeah. I said, Oh, we're going to be talking to Kurt. And she goes, Oh, he's my friend. It's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, so great. I've been, I've been pastoring with the uh, Mennonite folk up here for about 20 years in the Pacific Northwest. And okay. Then, I, then I've done a lot of um, consulting throughout the Pacific Northwest with multiple uh, denominations and traditions. Wonderful. So, and what town, what town are you in? Uh, basically, I'll call it Boise since nobody knows where Meridian is. <laughs> okay, Great, okay. Greater, the greater Boise area. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it's great. Great to be on awesome. with both of you. Yeah, yeah. well, thank you for meeting you face to face. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Kurt, man, first of all, congrats, man. Awesome first book. Let me ask you, though, why, why is this the first book? Because I know you and I know you've yeah. got so many different things going on in that brain why this topic why this uh right now as your first debut book that's really a really good question and it's one that i've gotten a few times i mean in different settings because i i'm kind of known for a lot of paul stuff i'm kind of known for um de, you know kind of reconstructing revelation in a way that's grabbable yep. for regular folks you know things like that and so um you know, to be really honest, I don't know if I've said this anywhere, but when I started the Paul cast, um, mm -hmm. which is now called Theology Curator, I've broadened that. But when I started my podcast, the Paul cast, like five years ago, four years ago, um, at that time, I honestly thought my first book was going to be on Paul. Yeah. And so there's some strategy in that. You know, it was, I really enjoy this. I can do the podcast thing and maybe eventually a book comes out of this. Right. And as I, I have a draft of like sample chapters and idea for that from back then, and it will never see the light of day. I just don't want it to. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> be, I, I'm just being honest about yeah. that. Um, now, so when I finally realized I really want to do a book on the humanity of Jesus, that's when I started saying I need to shift my platform a little bit. And um, that's when Paul Cast became Theology Curator. 
And I, I and that just gave me permission to broaden out my topics. That's all it did. So I still talk about Paul. I still like Paul. I got a degree focused on Paul. So I, I really, really, uh, if I ever did PhD, it'd probably be on Paul. I don't think I will, but we'll see. Um, my point being, um, Jesus has always been the center of my faith. And so I came to this subject realizing I have a lot to say about Jesus. And so um, what is it right now that is compelling to me? What is it right now that is grabbing my attention? And it's his humanity. And I set out to, to write a book just on the humanity of Jesus. And chapter three of the book is called Human Like Jesus. That was my first iteration of this idea. That was going to be the title. And what I realized along the way was that is interesting, but that's not going to grab people's hearts. And so um, went back to the drawing board after some rejections from publishers that were like, great content, help us feel it more. You know, that, that was basically my feedback. It wasn't like, we don't want to publish you. It was good content, help us feel it. And, and I was like, I don't even know what to do with that. You know, it took me a while to like process the, oh, another rejection. I've been trying to get published off and on for a decade. Like, great, I, whatever. Um, and after I got done with my pity party and started actually sitting with the good feedback, because it was really good feedback, I um, was sitting down one day and it just hit me. Why am I not talking about pain? That's true of my story. And that's thoroughly true of the Jesus story. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, that's where I started saying, I can take these concepts, I can reshape them around the felt reality of pain because that was Jesus's felt reality. I don't even have to like try and package this in some way that's like a bait and switch. It's actually the truth, you know? And so that grabbed my creative juices and that grabbed my story and my, yeah. And so I just ran with it thinking one day I typed out the draft that is now chapter one of first version of it, but basically the nuts and bolts are still there. And I sent it to a friend. I sent it to my wife and I was like, do I have something here? Like, what do you feel? And they're like, oh, dude, that was, that was raw. Um, <laughs> and sent it to my agent and we started moving and started creating and crafting and it eventually became uh, this book. So yeah, it's been a fun journey. So talking about chapter one, like your uh, friend's response, you know, that was my response, uh, chapter one, because you just, you're like, okay, A, this is Kurt's first book. So he's putting himself out there. And then in chapter one, he's really putting himself out there because he's expressing, you know, you're expressing your pain, personal suffering pain. Even in the chapter, you say, like, I'm crying right now as I'm watching mm. this. And uh, so the vulnerability right? Yeah. To even put yeah. yourself out there. Were you yeah. worried about that? Like, okay, is this too much for people to... Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, and it's interesting. Like, first of all, I I had to filter it all through. A lot of these stories um, involve my mother. Mm -hmm. How do I tell them in a way that doesn't throw her under the bus? Right. <laughs> I, I get so... Over the years, I've shared glimpses of my story in different contexts, and I feel like people have a tendency to throw my mom under the bus pretty quickly. Like she should have been a better mother or she should have protected you or whatever. And um, I, I just don't have a lot of tolerance for that anymore. Right. Um, and so I, I try really hard to honor her as I tell these stories. And, um, and, and so the vulnerability was, can I honor mom in doing this? She of course gave me her blessing to write it. Hmm. Um, can I avoid oversharing because I have siblings. Yeah. So I, I keep them very abstract in the book. Even in the acknowledgments, I feel weird about this, but I didn't name them by name in the acknowledgments just because I wanted to like pull them out of how I told the story. It's not my, they have their own to share. And, and so, you know, that was hard. And at the same time, like as I'm writing this, this is a spiritual practice for me at this point. You know, I'm I'm writing not just because I want to get a book into the world, but like saying, Jesus, write this with me, help me, guide me. You know, not like, you know, the inspiration of the <laughs> not, you just close your crazy. eyes and let the let the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. Open the canon. Yeah, this is like plenary verbal Kurt Willems coming out, you know, like <laughs> no, like like none of that weird stuff, but like 
<laughs> Who says plenary, plenary verbal? <laughs> like I never say that. It's so funny. Um, that's yeah. Anyway, those, that's a former life. Um, but, but but I think you guys get the idea. Like like I I saw this was a cathartic, um, it, cathartic on some level, invitational on a deep level with Christ, and it it invited me to really put my pieces of story from those early years kind of in place in my own mind stories i hadn't thought about in a long time came right. to mind as i was writing i mean yeah. that that was a big part of this so vulnerable absolutely is that scary that part's already scary i mean yeah. but i by the time this draft is done and and it is in final form like this yeah. I, I i'm just proud of what it became and i I'm not afraid to share my stuff, but I'm also aware that if I want to walk this through well, I have to continue to say things like, and, and mean it, like, I am not the hero of this story. Like, one of the things about sharing personal anecdotes is it's often like, you know, self-deprecating, but really you're the hero or like, right. you know, there's a lot of ways you can tell stories that end up going on, coming off as, wow, look at how, how this guy's a survivor. Or, and I'm just like, I'm not a survivor gang. Like I just, this is my life and I'm still kind of a mess and trying to figure it out, you know? And mm -hmm. so that's, uh, that, that's honestly what I'm holding. I think, uh, yeah. And then there's a chapter in there where I tell a story about my vulnerability to my buddy uh, Ben and yep. some of that comes out. But um, yeah, it's vulnerable. But I, I believe that if God can use these stories and my framing of Jesus to invite people to expand their awareness of how good God is, I, I've done what I'm supposed to do. Mm, so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so for me, because you and I have something in common, and then that's that we're both uh, Enneagram sevens. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm just reading this, going like, um, these are the types of conversations I don't have with people because <laughs> I'd, I'd rather, Kurt, I'd rather talk about your pain. That's absolutely uh -huh. amazing. Like, sure, that's why I'm yeah. here. Turn it around onto me though, and ask me to start going into. I'm like, no, let's talk sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh man, I you know, in one draft I casually threw out I'm an Enneagram seven, but that eventually got edited out because it had no context except for the few people who know what that means, right? So um but yeah, I mean that's that's one of the things about this book. I, I'm an Enneagram seven writing about pain, the very thing I want to resist. And so some of my friends who are Enneagram people were like, that that's a unique like angle for us to experience because um of what you said like we'd rather defer to all the positive things and that and that's right. true like i'd rather defer to things that are happy and positive uh, you know i took the years ago i took the strength finder test mm -hmm. found yeah. out that my one of my top five is positivity and then i only realized why that was because of the enneagram seven <laughs> and a jacked up childhood right like it's i think i say like in, in chapter one i have this passing comment that um you know i i read just yesterday um, the, the first page or two of the book where I'm like, it, it would take me a long time to figure out that um, my positive outlook was the product of a terrible childhood. Right. And I don't really right. unpack that, but that's thoroughly a seven statement, you know? So, <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, uh, chapter three, um, I want you to maybe briefly explain, explain this very interesting take on the phrase, I'm pretty sure it's chapter three. Oh, I'm only human. And yeah. how, we, how, how we use that as like, and you know, an excuse like, oh, you got to forgive me because I'm just, you know, I'm imperfect. I'm flawed. It's, I'm human. But yeah, you, you give an interesting twist or take on that. Let's, I want to hear you uh, explain that a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I kind of just, I mean, if I'm being really blunt right now, I think it's one of the most uh, damaging phrases that we need to purge that we don't know is damaging, you know? And, and I, I'm not like, on most anything. I'm not very legalistic or rigid on this stuff. Like I get people's motives. So I'm not going to be like, don't say that it's ruining your life or whatever. But like, <laughs> like, like if, if we really sit with the phrase, I'm only human when we make it a negative statement, right? 
Yep. What we're doing is we're actually we're actually like degrading the very part of us that is well the whole of us I should say the whole of us yeah. that is um, God's like invitation for our lives. Our our invitation as human beings is to become fully human in the most renewed possible way. That's what it meant to be an image bearer. That's why Jesus yep. is the image of the invisible God. There's a dual thing going on there. There's look at Jesus, you see God. And then there's the whole like, and this is like the Adam that we always wanted to be. This is the Eve we always wanted to be, you know? So, so when we say I'm only human, I have limitations. Jesus says, let me walk you through why humanity is actually not a limitation, but loaded with possibility. And that that's really where I try and take the chapter. Mm. Yeah, I think you quote, uh, <clears throat> this might actually be chapter four, but I think you, is it, uh, no, it's uh, Michael Gorman, you quote saying, uh, you know, it, basically to be Christ-like, to be fully human is to be Christ-like, is mm -hmm. to be God-like. Yep, right? yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Isn't that powerful? If you yeah. sit with that, I mean, I could yeah. meditate on that for a week. Like, yeah. that's a powerful... Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Car yeah. Carla and I started a podcast a couple of months ago, just just contemplating on that idea of of humanity as mm. you know bearing the image of God from creation, hmm. and how it's God's longing to make that image more full in us. And it sounds like this follows along some of those lines that yeah. th those ideas of of God's image being present, being made manifest, being made real in human beings. Um, we don't give room for that. We don't have a hope for that. Yeah. Uh, but what I hear you saying is how we view Jesus ends up opening human beings to greater possibility than, than we can conceive. And, and in, in many ways, that sounds like a new, not a new, that sounds like a great fugue or a revision, or not a revision, what's sort of like ad-libbing on the gospel, you know, on, mm. on this idea of, of what it means to be, saved you know it means to be human yeah uh, rather than say i'm just human uh which sounds more like condemnation yeah 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 well there's so much there yeah and that's absolutely i mean you just paint a picture of my uh motivation for this book in a lot of ways it's this idea that if god created us to be human image bearers at right in right relationship with god each right. other the soil and our inner self, the God, you know, the person God sees under there. Um, if that's what we were designed for, of course, things have gone wrong. We don't do that perfectly. But the the invitation in Jesus, I mean, if to use the little Paul, which I rarely do in the book, but um, it's to move from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. And that glory is this image of Adam in the garden reflecting God's radiance. You know, that's the kind of glory that um, is often talked about in the scriptures. And so so I, I want to just invite people to say you're, you're designed to become more and more like Jesus. Jesus was the perfect, is the perfect human. Um, and yes, it will take a resurrection to pull off that sort of fullness that we all desire. But you know what? We have the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus, we are being invited into that future right here, right now, through um, knowing God, through discipleship. And then not just becoming more human, like, oh, I feel good as an individual, but the kind of humanity that helps us be humane to the world. And, and that's the other half of Jesus. Jesus not only is human, has humanity in the sense of identity, but has humanity for everyone he encounters. And I think that um, we need both of those pieces in place to really start leaning into our image bearing vocation in the world. So Craig, I'm right there with you. I, I really appreciate that. So I, so I need to apologize for not having read the book. Well, I don't need to apologize, but I will apologize. So Fair Cody, enough. Cody, that's where Cody is, Cody is quoting, you know, uh, passages out of it. Hopefully I'll get around to it. Um, but one of the things I, I hear you also saying, you're trying to, it sounds like you're trying to thread a needle between um, enabling human beings to think more highly of themselves, but mm -hmm. also not fall into a, you know, human potential kind of uh, secular self-help. Yeah kind of almost pull yourself up kind of the thing mm -hmm, how, mm -hmm. how do you see those those kind of polarities and how do you see what you're trying to do um 
thread that needle, I guess, go down that pathway in a different yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I mean, it's kind of the idea. You're not utter garbage, but you're not already the best. Right? It's like and this. you're not going to become the best on your own. Absolutely. Just by absolutely. positively. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely would want to thread that needle. And I think the book does. I, you know, one of the things that, you know, you, you could look at this and say, oh, it's Christian self-help, maybe. But really, I, I just invite people to feel stuff, you okay. know, because okay. Jesus felt stuff. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I have a whole chapter towards the end of the book where I'm like, what would it look like to release all of your coping mechanisms, which is super dangerous. And I, I, I caveat <laughs> and I make sure, but like, it's like, more of a thought I, experiment. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm just like, look, this is, this is not the following. If you want to be empowered to live that, that, that life where Jesus is showing you how to be more fully alive, more fully awake, more fully human. If you want to experience that kind of life, then it, it you're not going to do it by yourself. Like everything anyone has ever tried in the history of the world, um, you know, it, it gets them somewhere. Right. You know, their right. their consciousness might be elevated. They 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 are kind and at peace in the world. And uh, I just say, even that person who has no Jesus in their life, imagine them getting some Jesus in the mix. They would blow our minds. Right. Like you go from guru to Holy Spirit driven guru, like the world would be like, oh my gosh, who is this human? You know? Right, so like right. people are like, well, there's a lot of nice non-Christians in the world. Totally agree. I know many of them and I love them dearly. I'm just saying, but with Jesus, your possibilities just amplified in ways that you could never know without Jesus. And so um, I don't think human effort or self-help will ultimately get us where we want to go. But it, it's not to say that those things are horrible either. They're just one path and Jesus can be so much more. Mm. Well, and I think one thing, of course, because the whole theme or all throughout the book really is, you know, suffering and pain too. So it's like not avoiding the whew of life, but it's actually like, you know, that's in fact, that when Jesus embodies human flesh, that's what the result is. You know, there is there's shame, there's pain, there's suffering. But one thing when I was reading that I, uh-oh, darn it, yeah. we lost Craig for a second, but we're still recording, so that's good. Yeah, he'll um, come back. Yeah. <laughs> good. But yeah. uh, I, I notice or, uh, one danger can be then that fully like, okay, then I have to suffer in order to be, mm. you know, uh, I guess redeemed or whatever. So yeah. Um, it, how do you avoid that danger of thinking too? That's like, I'm uh, let's go look for suffering then so that oh. I can be like, so I can be like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think, I think we probably have traditions during the middle ages. I can imagine, you know, I'm thinking of those movies where, you know, there's like spikes around someone's leg and there's a crank to make it tighter and they're praying and blood is, I'm just like, yeah, right. that, oh my gosh, that is not the sufferings of Jesus. That's, <laughs> right. that's silly, you know, and whatever. I'm not judging that, but it's not the wisest thing to do in my opinion. <laughs> right. Um, the, the, the reality is we don't really have to look for suffering. We just have to name the suffering that already is. Mm. Too many people do get this twisted that, you know, I grew up in a very churchy evangelical context. So like some people would say, I don't have a good testimony. I, I've heard that mm. phrase before because yeah. I, I didn't, I had an easy life. Um, why don't you tap into the reality that your easy life is actually causing you pain right now and you don't even know it, right? Like there's, there's all kinds of layers of pain in people's lives. They just have to go beneath where they've been so far. And, yeah. and that's not to be like a doomsday person. It's, it's rather to say, how much more alive will you feel when you admit things are real? Because hmm. when you admit things are real, then you can step into those things more authentically with Christ. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think we need to look for suffering to be like Jesus. We're going to, it's going to find us eventually. Right. And, and the thing is, God doesn't want that for anyone. God doesn't want anyone to suffer, but the world is that way at the moment. Right. And so Jesus takes the sufferings and says, how can I, how, how can I, with all the resources available, recycle whatever is painful and bring about freedom and opportunity in the midst of it? You know, God didn't cause my bad childhood, but God took things from that childhood that were redeemable, that were available and said, I'm going to, I'm going to bend this 
against itself, essentially, and for Kurt. And um, I believe that that's how the pain and partnership with Jesus kind of works itself out most of the time. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I do. I do appreciate you do have, in fact, you, you invite the reader to skip it if they want to, but uh -huh, it's yep. the, the portion on, okay, let's get to some theology and explanations mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of God. And, you know, does God, does God know everything in advance? Is God predestined? You kind of wrestle with those topics. So I'm an, I am an open and relational the, theology that I'm, I'm getting my uh, doctorate in open and relational theology. So oh, I definitely cool. appreciated you yeah, yeah. tackling that uh, topic. It, but in that section, you also, um, you, you hit, I, I think it's three assumptions that are pretty unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to, you want to run through those real, real quick? Yeah. Or? Let me, let me make sure, remind myself of my own phrasing, <laughs> but yeah, okay. like, uh, I have it right. <laughs> Interesting. I opened right to the page. Hey, <laughs> assumption one. So, so yeah, I mean, I literally say like, skip this. If this is not for you, I had a friend, <laughs> a beta reader who said, I love the book as a whole. That little section was like, ah, I could do without it. And so I, I added this little caveat because I think there'll be a lot of people who are like, eh, um, and, and multiple reasons. I mean, on the other hand, it's like, I put this in a book that's directed towards all kinds of Christians. So I don't want to alienate people who don't hold to an open and relational theology sure. mm -hmm. if I don't have to. So there's that too. But yep. here's my my view at the moment, right? Is uh, there, there's the assumption that God controls everything that happens. And I just don't believe that. I don't believe God was um, guiding the hand that abused me. I, right. I just don't believe that. There's no part of me that believes that. Um, assumption two is suffering is part of God's will. I think God hates suffering, yeah. you know? And, and of course, we have to do some real hard work with Old Testament this or Ananias and Sapphira. Right. And it, you know, there's moments where... Um, granting a, a straightforward read where God will use things that are painful for some purpose. If we just use sure. a straightforward reading, but um, that's not normative and certainly goes beyond God's deepest desire. I mean, I don't think God wants, God doesn't even wish the death of an evildoer. It says somewhere in the Hebrew scriptures. So like um, that's uh, part of it. And the third assumption I tackle is God can always intervene, which I found a lot of freedom in that. A lot mm. of people aren't aren't sure that they agree with that statement, but the idea that in the midst of a world with free will, there's this web of free will, free choices between humans and angelic demonic beings and all kinds of stuff going on. Sometimes God is able to absolutely pull through the web. There's enough space there for miracles to happen and God reaches through and fixes things. Mm. That's always, I believe that's always God's desire. But sometimes the web is so thick with others' choices that God decides to not violate the choice web, even though deep down there's a sense in God that it's horrible and awful um, because that's the world that God set up. And um, ultimately God says, it's going to be hard, but a day is coming when that's all going to be free once again, and you're going to find eternal joy and those things will no longer be real in the world for eternity. And so, so for me, that just means, yeah, there's moments in my life where God really couldn't step in um, based on the setup, not based on God's ability, based on what God has set in motion. And um, yet I do believe there's a day where God will step in for all creation. And that, that for me is the anchoring hope, I think, for, for all of this. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, one one person who shows up a lot throughout your writing is uh, your uh, spiritual director slash counselor. Yeah. Very uh, helpful. Yeah. So I have a spiritual director and, and a therapist. Oh, okay, so okay, okay, okay. Both. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, they both come through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's a lot of helpful stuff. But one of them, a uh, spiritual director, shared how people, um, postures that we take when it comes to uh, how we deal and face pain and suffering. Yeah. And, and you wrestled through that. And like, there's one, there's the, you know, Jesus, just you fix it, you know, mm -hmm. take care of it. The second I think was Jesus uh, join me, I think in my mm -hmm. uh, pain. And then the third was, okay, I want not to avoid it, not to try to fix it, but to just be realistic about it and say, okay, I want to experience this. Um, and then, I, and then, through it connect to other people so yeah yeah how has okay so how has your suffering or pain 
allowed you to connect with, let's just say your church, people in your church, and mm. then go from there. You know, it, it's interesting because there's like two levels, right? On the one hand, there's this level of um, a lot of people in church, whether it's my current church or other churches I've been a part of, kind of feel like they don't quite get me on these levels because they didn't experience this stuff, right? right. I think at mm -hmm. some level it's like, whoa, that's intense, right? A couple of times I've shared it in church, con like versions of this. Mm -hmm. This is by far the deepest I've gone on it, but like slices of my story and t testimonial spaces or whatever. Um, there, there's often people who don't quite know what to do with that. And yeah. that's understandable. Um, and then yet at the same time, uh, I think I've been able to sit with folks in pain that are like, our pain might not be the same, but we know what it's like to really hurt. We know what it's like to feel um, like vulnerable in the negative sense. Like we, we're out of resources, out of options, you know? And so, yeah, there's absolutely some of that that has come through in ministry. I think in my years in youth ministry where I was helping, right. coming along kids that like clearly had hard childhoods and clearly had really challenging home lives and being invited into homes where I could relate at a different level with these family dynamics that, you know, someone else without some of these things might not be able to. And uh, I count that all as gift, you know? And, and I think that me way back then, like early in ministry, what it said, that's why I had this hard childhood. And it's also why I picked up skateboarding because <laughs> I can relate <laughs> nice. to this, this sort of student, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I believe that, except I would say, this is what God has salvaged from what God didn't want from my childhood. Right. I can now do these things, you know? So mm -hmm. that's uh, a big part of it. Um, and I'll, I'm gonna pause myself there only because I have a dog who always interrupts me in podcasts and she's going, Rawr. I think she oh. wants out. So <laughs> okay. I'm just going to let her go. out. Yeah. Well, go for yeah. it. And Craig's hopping back on too. Hey, so we're good. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Mikey. Go, go, go. Go get Lauren. <laughs> go on. This will happen. She'll pop. I leave it just barely open because her nose will push the door open and she'll be back in a little bit. That's hilarious. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I saw your little dog rooting around there. That's cute. Yeah. Okay. Well, Craig, welcome back, buddy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so I guess it wasn't alone. I went on to downdetector.com and found out that uh, a lot of people in our area were reporting no internet for the last oh. for a while. So. Well, the good news is it kept recording. So mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're good. good. good, good. I think we're good. Um, um, well, tell me everything I meant. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate, Kurt, that you touch on the... Well, first of all, I love that all throughout the book you have... Um, formation practice, spiritual discipline yeah. practices to help people work through their, you know, pain and suffering. But one of them in particular you talk about, and I've never done this, um, but I love this idea is the idea of, of lament and crafting your own lament. Mm -hmm. um, what is the power of lament to you? Why is it, why has it been a part of church or not church? I mean, it's part of scriptures, but why do you think we've lost it as a, as a rich practice? Yeah, because we're rich. Let's let's talk about it. Let's get real, <laughs> okay, right? Okay. So, so in in especially Western contexts, especially white dominated Western contexts, uh, lament has become this thing that we occasionally talk about, and it's not like it's never brought up. Like I've heard many sermons where it's like mm -hmm. it's okay to yell at God, you know, yeah. it's okay to be, you know, like that's. So it's not like I want to overstate something, but like the formal practice of lament, lamenting circumstances, lamenting cultural realities, whatever it might be, that's something that we don't always um, do well. And I think my dog's back. Let me see. <laughs> Hi, puppy. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Have a seat. Um, and and so so for me, when when it. Sorry, when it comes to lament, you know, a couple of years ago, um, and, and this isn't in the book, but it, it comes to mind, actually. Um, Jamar Tisby has uh, a couple of really great books, and his first, I don't know if it's his absolute first book, but his first book in his series on race, um, The Color, is it The Color yeah. of the color Race? Compromise or color Compromise? Color Compromise, thank you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, so um, his publisher shared a um what is it called an excerpt from that that i got to share with my newsletter and blog and stuff a few years ago 
And, you know, it was really powerful because it was called something like um, what the black church can teach us about lament, mm. something in that vein, if I remember right. And I'd, I'd have to go look, and I, but I'm pretty sure it came out of his book. And, and I think when I, when I read that, um, I was starting to notice a trend amongst many uh, leaders of color that, that, hey, lament is our language and it's mm. biblical language. And and so as I've sat with suffering, I, I've been able to trace back where naturally I've lamented. You know, I, I talk about the experience of Columbine, and is that what I talk about? Colin? Is that the right? No, Sandy Hook. Uh, Sandy Hook. Yep. Yeah, Sandy. I don't know why I keep calling it Columbine. It's a separate yeah. thing. Sandy Hook and and the children and um, you know, and and hearing that in real time, and how I just lost like my emotion in that moment i'm cussing like a sailor i'm just like god what the heck right and and i didn't know at the time that now i would frame that as like a full-blown lament but that's what it was mm -hmm. um I, I wasn't like dismissing god's trust like trustworthiness in that but i was saying this is a mess why in the world does this happen and um there's many moments along my journey where i felt free to do that but something unique has happened where I've turned on the lament switch as a, as a practice, as a um, way of really understanding those experiences and then connecting it to the, the reality of Jewish people in the ancient world being forced out of their homes, being raped and pillaged and trying to put it all back together. No wonder these Psalms are in our Bibles, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's given me a way of even reading some of these things that sound awful as well i i would i would say things like that and maybe at some deep level not exactly mean it but like at the same time this is like authentically raw to where i am but god is real but god is good but god is faithful you know and so i wanted to invite people to what i've experienced that through lament, you you can have this deeply cathartic experience with the living God. And you can reorient your pain around the pain of others who also have something to lament. Right. And, and it's that self with God plus others pain connection that I think really makes the practice special. And I, I really do hope as um, churches in contexts that are similar to mine, at least, that we um, learn how to do this with greater formality in the sense that we're naming what we're doing when we do it. It's mm, good. So, okay, I have in a, I have a modern day example that just happened. Okay, okay. run by you, and uh, and maybe this will, I think to me it helps explain why some people are like, okay, well, we're just gonna avoid uh, at least publicly lamenting. Um, mm -hmm. So on Sunday night, I think it was, and I didn't watch it. I, I've only seen reactions, but uh, Meghan Markle and oh. uh, is it Prince Harry? Which one? Harry. <laughs> Harry. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not on top of it. <laughs> Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. They had an interview with, with Oprah and mm -hmm. they were explaining, you know, their decision. It was like a year ago. They've made the decision to walk away from the uh, royal trappings and just live a normal life. And they were explaining the pain and suffering and shame that they were had experienced in that life, which we don't normally associate right with royal yeah. royal treatment and all those stuff. But they were just being honest. And in fact, I really appreciated just the clips I saw Harry being like a male being in touch with this was the emotions that we were, you know, feeling. Mm -hmm. But the reactions afterwards from so many people were like, oh, they're playing the victim card and they're, oh, oh wow. how dare they? Oh, you were so rich and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah. and I'm like, wow. Now, the worst example was a person. I don't. OK, I'll just she's a public person. So it was M Megyn Kelly and she was tweeting oh. through it and she was like just trashing their uh, expressing of their. Wow. You know, and it struck me because Megyn Kelly is a person who went through yeah. suffering and shame and pain at the, at the hands of another person. And I was like, what, what's the disconnect here? Like why? Mm -hmm. So anyway, mm -hmm. they were like, publicly hurt limited. people, hurt people. That kind yeah, of thing. yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like I've seen it go to, you know, both ways, I guess. But I was like, why, 
uh, anyway, so they were just like, how, oh, boo-hoo, you know, Meghan Markle and blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, so I bring that up as an example of somebody publicly lamenting, very publicly, of course. Yeah, yeah. But being torn down for it, like it mm -hmm. was very upsetting to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very upsetting. I haven't gotten to watch. I, I want to actually. I I'm, I'm curious about their whole journey. You know, you watch enough movies about royalty and the inner workings and the expectations, and you start to really wonder, oh, what else is there? And maybe, you know, maybe they are people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing, right? Like, like, look. On the one hand, my my pain and suffering in this moment, like, forget about my childhood, like just average life right now um it's not that bad compared to a b or c out there right but that that doesn't mean i can't be honest about yeah. what is bad right mm -hmm. and 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 maybe i have it much better than a lot of people i, I actually do i'm a, I, I do have it better than a lot of people especially at this phase of my journey but i i don't think it's healthy for anyone to be told to silence their pain now now, what, what I do think hmm. is that um, we can become the kind of people who just complain about never having enough. So if it comes out of a, a space of like unhealthy, scarcity mindsets, right. of course we need to come alongside and say, hey, have you thought about, rather than shaming people, right. um, gosh, you know, but, but if it's an honest place of pain, you know, on the one hand, privilege conditions the kinds of pains we might experience in some yeah. sense. But on the other hand, pain is pain is pain is pain. Yeah. And eventually we're all gonna suffer the ultimate pain. We're all gonna die, right? We all have, we're all gonna lose someone we love. We're all gonna, yeah. you know, these things aren't actually always conditioned as obviously at least by our, our status, our money, our privilege, our societal place. And so I, I have a lot of empathy. I don't know much about the Royals. I don't know much about yeah. them, right? I don't have a lot of investment in them. Now, if they want to read my book and talk to me about it, of course, I'm cool <laughs> with that. But like, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll change the cover. We'll put their names on the front. We're happy with that. You know, Royal give us a blurb. Edition. Yeah, edition number two. We'll burn all the current editions just so we can promote that one. But my point being, um, I, I, I just don't understand the need to tear others down no matter where you're coming from right and um it's not helping the world get better mm -hmm. if you have the place in someone's life to speak truth where they need to hear it by all means that's good it can be at least but yeah this is this is yeah. it, it writes me very poorly yeah yes 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 well i mean just you know just i don't care that he's whatever you know the wealth because that's if that wasn't what he was complaining about it wasn't like how hard it is now that i've given up my wealth it was that you know a thing that everybody would experience one i lost my yeah. mother you know when i was a kid and then to have to deal with those emotions and everything else that falls out of my father's relationships and everything else mm -hmm. in a public eye i mean that there's that's just yeah I mean, we'd all ex experience oh. a, a little suffering and shame and pain out of, out of that. So. Oh, I can't even, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but anyway. No, it's, good. What, it's a good example. What is it with human beings that think people of uh, what appears to be a privileged status, somehow what they have attained or what has been given to them, they're not allowed to have certain depths of feeling or, you yeah. know, what, 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 what's, What's motivating those actions? You know, what's wow. what is motivating Megan Kelly, or not so much Megan Kelly because she's right. part of a privileged class as well. Right, absolutely. But I mean, do we do it to one another? Do I? I mean, I'll watch. You know, I watch high school kids talk trash to each other an awful lot. Sometimes, sometimes mm -hmm. it's in love, and sometimes it's just like, whoa, that's too far. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Especially when somebody begins elevating, you know, yeah, themselves. Um, so what 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 is that? What is that tendency? What how do you frame that? What do you call it? Hmm. Can't can't I, say we're only human, Kurt. So don't don't say it. Okay, I, I know, <laughs> I know. No, it's a really good. I mean, I think I think the first place I would go would be to say that I, I don't have any doubts that that's pain surfacing through judgment. You know. That that's all that's all I can yeah. imagine happening in those situations. Pain surfacing through judgment. They are 
And, and maybe we don't like what they're about, but the fact that we have to be repulsed by it is saying something about us and our own story of yeah. repulsion we've experienced, who knows what, right? Like you can, you can go a bunch of different directions and, and I would pair that with, um, that's alienation 101. We, yeah. we are driven towards friction between what God has called Shalom. And so anytime Shalom gets disrupted, we're, we're dealing with sin in that moment. You know, we're dealing with brokenness in that moment. And so I, yeah, I've seen it in teenagers. I've seen it in adults. I've seen it, you know, I, I hear things from my wife's job sometimes where people are acting this way. You know, it, it's just. Yeah. It, it reminds me of hazing. Yeah, yeah, great, it, great point. During the experience of hazing, you hate it, it's wrong, you know it's terrible, and you would love to be rescued from it. But now when it's your turn to turn around and do it, it's like, well, everybody has to go through it. You know, you're not special, you know, just yeah. put up and shut up. And, yeah. it, it, I, and then you create, uh, I wonder, I guess we just created a culture like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're creating categories of belonging as you do yeah. that. Right. Exactly. Right? Like, and if you don't, I, I if can you now don't participate, if you don't go through it, you're not on, yeah. you're not, you're not an insider. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And there's those rare exceptions to those patterns, social group patterns that say, I really hated being hazed. I'm going to be good to this person, you know? Right. And then you see like a little glimpse of Shalom. You see a little glimpse of humanity. Right. But yeah, that's a, we like to use our pain as a platform for judgment and God's invitation yeah, is to is. allow ourselves to be um, self-aware enough to not put our junk on other people, but allow Jesus to walk us through our own, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's like a combination projection plus like, well, I've earned it now. So mm -hmm. because I've yeah. earned it, so I get to yeah. distribute yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I see wow. that. Oh, wow. okay, okay, wow. that's good. Um, all right, Kurt, I'm sure, you, do you have other, You what's your next one, your next interview? Do oh, you dude, this is all I've got. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, honestly, I, <laughs> Uh, over, over the holiday break and stuff, this was basically done, you know, like three or four little edits that got missed were being dealt with. But I, I, I've started like two things. I even talked, um, with some trusted people about the, the, one of those ideas. And I came away from it. Like, I'm not inspired by this. <laughs> like a few days later, you know, yeah. um, I'm trying too hard. I'm forcing it. Yeah, you know, so, so to be perfectly honest, I, I don't know what the next book is, but what I'm hoping happens is as I get feedback and I have a lot of conversations about this one, mm -hmm. there'll be some things that bubble up that connect to something right. that maybe I can move, you know, uh, move into a, another direction, but somehow related in a sense to what I wrestle with here. So, yeah, this is uh, on the one hand, you, you start to worry like, wow, is this? Is this it? You know, the debut album, right? Yeah. The, can I can I actually produce a sophomore album? But on the other hand, there's this waiting and applying the kinds of things I ask people to do in the book mm. to be patient, to be present, yeah. to notice, to be aware, you know? So, so, so yeah. So you're starting a conversation. You need to see what comes back before you can. Yeah. You can't get ahead of yourself and say, well, this is what I'm going to say next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, absolutely. You've really launched a dialogue. Yeah. Especially with this being the first thing I put out into the world. You know, yeah. if it were a different topic, a different thread, maybe I could be a little quicker. But um, no, I, I really do want to hear and grow and discover so that I can hopefully lean in and find that uh, that inspiration creatively, spiritually yeah. um, and biblically. Like I'm you know, I enjoy unpacking nerdy stuff by accident in, in a book like this. So <laughs> that's yeah. good. Do yeah. you, are you familiar with uh, Elizabeth Gilbert? The Eat, yeah, Pray, yeah, yeah. So she has a Ted talk um, that I would recommend you go check out. It's a quick, okay. you know, it's a Ted talk, but she talks about uh, having a genius versus being a genius. And so like, hmm. after she wrote eat, pray, love, everyone was like, so what's next? And she was like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what's, yeah. What's yeah. next? Why? And so the pressure of, you know, like responding with the next thing and mm -hmm. she had to learn like, no, I don't have, I am not a genius, but in that 
we have moments where we have a genius and oh, have to, I love that. You'll have to hear that. Was, that. That, that can let you off the hook. Like, oh yeah. Little, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's good. Whew. That's good. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, uh, Kurt, before we let you go, sure. Uh, yeah. we do a, uh, we do five questions that we ask every guest. Uh oh. Okay, there are hot Here seat questions. Are you ready for yeah, this? It's really it, this is really amazing because when when we get into it, you can see the tension rise because it's like because <laughs> you know we're comparing the different people we've spoken to with one yeah, another. That's right. And all the opportunity for shame and I'm only human just kind of bubbles up. And <laughs> we're just about to happen. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay, question number one, Kurt. <clears throat> what are you drinking? I'm drinking. <laughs> Peruvian coffee with um, nut pod vanilla flavor. Yeah. Oh, mm. we're on that keto diet, bro. Oh, so. hey, oh, nice. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> okay, question number two. What are you reading? So it can be it can be a book, it can be an essay, uh, a, a blog that you like to go to. Mm -hmm. It can be a newspaper article or journal essay. I'll just pull up the books I have on my desk and tell you about them. Like <laughs> these aren't, it's not like I'm like, these are the, my favorite books of all time. Although they're all really good. Mm -hmm. um, so right now I'm reading by Tyler Regan, who uh, was so cool and endorsed the book. Yeah, it's called I leading things you didn't start. Oh, sweet. Just came out like a month ago or less. Oh yeah. I've seen that advertised to me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and for me, it's like, I started the church I'm in right now, yeah. but I want to know, like we're in a, a new generation of it. So in a sense, it feels like this, especially as we go into yeah. a post pandemic world. Oh, right. So leading things you didn't start so far. Very good. I'm loving it. He, uh, great, great book. I'm in a cohort, um, trying to get better at being a leader and a coach. Mm. Uh, it's a Christian space. And we're reading this book as one of the texts called The Coach Model for Christian Leaders by Keith Webb. So mm. I'm doing this right now. Oh, nice. It's a great okay. little, like, here's a process to be better at asking questions and not um, giving advice all the time. Very nice. good. Nice, nice. And then this is a book I'm finishing up right now by Gerald Sitzer called Resilient Faith, How the Early Christian Third Way Changed the World. Ooh, nice. And it's good. It's really good. It's a good kind of like historical overview of how church, uh, how, how, how the Jesus movement formed disciples, essentially, and, and it goes through some of the debates and all of that. So you get a lot of church history. It's it's really good, succinct book. So I'm yeah. I'm enjoying all of those right now. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Awesome. Long answer for a short question. Sorry no, about that. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Okay. What are you um what are you watching <laughs> so it can be binging on netflix or it could mm -hmm. be a youtube channel you like to check out or it could be a movie that you recommend yeah, yeah. just finished one division this week so oh. that's been you know yeah. we were late to the party so we binged the first seven and then have had to wait for the last few Right. Uh, so yeah, WandaVision and, and we're behind in the Marvel comic universe of movies. Oh. So we <laughs> had too. to like, good luck, good luck catching up. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So we're going to catch up, but we, uh, are caught up in one sense, but like, yeah, we had to figure it out as we went. Right. Um, so yeah, but it was really good. Oh my gosh. Awesome. I've heard. Yeah. I need to watch it. Yeah, you to. know, you keep saying that Cody. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, what's wrong with me. I don't know. Oh okay. man. What Kurt are you? listening to so it can be new music old music that you like to put on it can be uh a podcast that you think everyone should check out you know something like that a sermon uh, a preacher and and their sermons that yeah <laughs> man i have so many things that right now i'm like man i should promote i should promote these things um honestly i am listening to when i just need music to kind of get me in a zone right now there's three things that come to mind. One, if I'm in a spiritual mood, I'll listen to like the, the Elevation Church Worship Essentials playlist on Apple. If I'm in a, I need to go ride my skateboard or workout mood. Uh, right now I'm listening to Lecrae's newest album, yeah. mm -hmm. Rest Restoration, I think. Um, and uh, NF a lot. 
So oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I grew up on hip hop because of how I grew up. So That's, I still am in that zone. Yep. Nice. Cool. Very good. All right. And final. Wait. Yes, this is the yes, fifth this question. Is the final right? one. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right, Kurt. Craig and I show up at your doorstep. Where are you taking us to eat? Ooh, dude. <laughs> we are in like food land here. Oh man. <laughs> so I don't have one. I have like 15. You can take a, take us through a day, like <sighs> breakfast this, lunch this, dinner this, what or you know, yeah. dessert this, snack this. I'll give you, I'll, I'll try and give you a couple of things that pop into mind. Breakfast, I am taking you to, um, what is it? Um, not Salmon Bay. Oh, I have the wrong bay in my mind. Um, give me a second, because this okay. is a big deal to me. Um, <laughs> I think it's the pressure it of these questions. It's, it uh -huh. makes people blank out. They just, <laughs> I totally just blanked out. Portage Bay. Okay. Port so, okay. If you're ever in Seattle, Portage Bay Cafe, and there's multiple locations, okay. will change your life if you're a breakfast person. Oh, It's all fresh, organic -y ingredients and all that good stuff. But if you get anything that involves syrup on top of it, you get to go to the breakfast bar, Ooh. fresh berries and stuff Ooh. to just load. Ooh. And oh my, it, anyway, I, I can't, yeah. that's actually the place I would take you no matter the time of day uh, <laughs> up until they close. So <laughs> nice. that's my choice. Yeah. Love that it. Sounds good. Very good. Uh -huh. okay. Oof. Well, okay. That was it. Those are the five questions, Kurt. All right. You well, man, <laughs> this is fun. You guys are great. <laughs> well, <Like>. thank you. <laughs> Sorry I had to black out for uh, like a while there, but I'm glad you guys kept going. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was it's funny. You froze as you stopped talking, and I had started my answer to the question, just, and it was like seamless. Yeah, it was really seamless. If so. I wouldn't have said anything, yeah. yeah, I don't think we'd even noticed, other than <laughs> yeah. not, there'd just be this absence of Craig for a good long while. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm yeah. glad we do the uh, that that I set you up as the yeah. co-share or whatever. Yeah, it just went as, right over. Yeah, oh really yeah, yeah. that's great. That was very cool. All right. Well, Kurt, thank you. We look forward to it. Thanks for letting me read the uh, uh, advanced review copy. Yeah. Uh, and I will yeah. thank you when I get around to it. Uh, hopefully sooner <laughs> than later. Hey, I hope so. And uh, if you guys uh, don't have copies yet, zip me an email and I'll, I'll try and see if I can get someone to oh, send sweet. you some. So cool. yeah. well, we do. Yeah. We like to give uh, after Craig has read it, we like to give out uh, copies to our listeners. So that's cool. Right on. As, uh, right on. Yeah. Prize. Um, right. um, um, before you go though, Kurt, can you share with uh, folks how they can, in addition to the book, of course, how they can uh, follow your work maybe online or. Yeah, whatever? no, I appreciate that. Um, it, well, the book's website is echoinghope.com, which is actually just a page on my website. It mm. redirects to it. So okay. if you go to echoinghope.com, you're going to find information about me, the book, um, I have bonuses that I'm giving away too. So I'm giving away, this is new as of a couple days ago, I'm giving away 17 video reflections um, where I just go through my process for each chapter, uh, creatively and theologically and experientially. Oh, nice. um, they're super informal and they jabber on too long, but they're there. <laughs> um, and those will be available soon. Also, I have, I'm finishing touches of a full-blown um, sermon series creator kit so with all the artwork uh sample outlines oh, for a pastor wow. video bumpers the whole deal that's i'm giving away for free oh. um and then also if all goes to plan we'll be filming a four to six week um video small group slash uh you know book club style video curriculum for folks to walk wow. through the themes. So oh, all of that, cool. I'm going to try and make available. Yeah. So, awesome. so that is a little button on the Echoing Hope website. You can click now and you'll also be able to find me. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kurt Willems, K-U-R-T-W-I-L-L-E-M-S because I'm not Kirk Williams. There you go. <laughs> Kurt Willems. I love it. No, you're, you, yeah, you, in, in my head, your name rhymes with Dirk Willems. And so I keep, that's right. I, I keep, I have to figure out, no, no, no Kurt, not Kirk. Yeah. Like yeah. That's hilarious. Kirk. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy. I always, you know, and we're going on too long, but in student <laughs> ministry, because I was a youth you pastor a for like seven years, 
Um, I always used to tell students who would get my name wrong or I'd make it a funny joke in a sermon illustration. I always said, my parents did not name me Kirkus. I am Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> and they finally would get it. So um, oh, there you go. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kurt. I sure appreciate it. Hey, right on. Thank Lessons you. Lessons on your week leading up to your launch. And you know what? It's going to be awesome. And uh, fun. Dude, you, yeah. work, sounds like work is just getting started, man. Uh, oh, later. yeah. Got, got a lot coming. But thank you. I'm grateful for you guys. Really thank am. Thank you. All righty. It's good to meet you. Yeah, you too. All right. All right. Let's see. Where do we, <laughs> where do we click now? Let's see. You... Well, wait. Do you have it? Do you have the co-host? Do you have the hosting buttons? Or I guess I can. Oh. No, it's on you. You're host now. Okay, <laughs> we yeah, might there edit, we are. You might edit this part. Craig. <laughs> Thanks for joining Cody Stoffer and me, Craig Morton, for this podcast. We simply try to record and upload without much editing. What you get is live conversation with all its ignorance and insight, wisdom and foolishness, sometimes more of one than the other, and occasionally profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment. And look for upcoming Facebook Live podcasts where you can interact with our guests. Also, we can be found on Twitter as at All That's Holy. Our intro and outro music is by At The Speed Of Darkness. Support At The Speed Of Darkness on Bandcamp and buy his music there. As well as follow him on Instagram at At The Speed Of Darkness. 